Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right, Todd, the holidays are upon us. They are. Which means force. peace, joy, goodwill <laughs> towards all men. You, you get that sense on Black Friday when you see those crowds opening right. each other like a lot of Patrick goodwill. Ewing and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, of course not. It means stress. It does. Lots and lots of stress. Yes. So I thought we could do a little episode on um, holiday stress and maybe some ways to handle that because um, it's all something we, we face and it's something that comes up a lot in therapy, at least for me, um, in one way or another this time of year. So thought I'd uh, pick your brain a little bit about tips for dealing with holiday stress from an actual therapist, not Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is interesting. What is? Um, <laughs> I think in an odd way, I approach this as just being me, not being a therapist. So you just Googled tips for holiday no, no, no. stress? Just like, what have I done? Oh, what do you do? Well, that's yeah. great. No, that's good. But I didn't think of it like through the lens of a psychologist necessarily. That's all right. Okay. Yeah, go for it. All right. Yeah. You want me to start off? Let's roll. What do you, what do, you do for holiday stress, Todd? You know, the thing that, that seems to have helped me is just learning to say no. Yeah. Just setting limits around lots of holiday things, uh, parties you'll attend, people you'll see, gifts you'll buy. Cause a lot of the stress just seems to be about trying to fit everything you feel like you air quote should be fitting in into the holiday season. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just do it like overwhelm. A big part of stress is overwhelm. Yeah. You you've got, yeah, you've got functions for, you know, all, each kid has, you know, something going on, your partner, maybe whatever it is, your work. Um, and there's just a lot of, of things demanding attention and time. And, and I think over the years I've just learned to say, no, I'm just not going to go to that party. Even though my cousins invited me, I'm not going <laughs> Was was there a time when you had a hard time saying no? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, well, I mean, especially as you become adult and, and you're doing more and more adult type things and or, or you start a family, you know, you kind of feel like you're obligated to really do all the family things and adult things around <laughs> these holidays. And so you feel kind of obligated, or I did. Yeah, so maybe you uh, you said yes to a lot of things even though you didn't want to go or felt like it was too much or too stressful, but you felt like out of a sense of obligation, you needed to go. Yeah, either a sense of obligation or, or you, you know... You know, a lot of a lot of just being assertive and, and setting limits anyway is just realizing the cost at which some of these things, that even if you want to, want to do... They have a cost. It takes a toll on you. It does. Yeah. And so, you know, it may be a holiday party you'd like to go to, but can you reasonably fit it in to where you're not going to be frustrated and upset mm-hmm. and running, you know, 90 miles an hour to, you know, I've just learned to say, I'll pass. Okay. So this is, this was one of mine as well is 
better boundaries and saying no. But I, I feel like it's something that is most people probably like kind of know on some level that they should be saying no to more things. Um, but they find it really, really hard. And so you said you've learned to get better at saying no. But I guess what I want to dive into a little bit more is like, why is it so hard, do you think, for people? Like, what specifically makes saying no really tough? Well, I think a lot of the times you don't want to disappoint other people. You're worried about how other people feel, maybe. Oh. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, you know, uh, Aunt Susie invites you over for the New Year's party, and uh, it's just been a crazy holiday season, and you're just exhausted and frazzled, and you basically have made up your mind to say no. And then you bump into Aunt Susie and she asks you, oh, so you guys come into the party? And in your head, you sort of imagine the look on her face if you were to say no and that she'd be sad. And you imagine, maybe you even imagine her at the party kind of wishing you guys were there. Or you imagine the kind of biting, passive-aggressive comments you'll get throughout the rest of the year about how you didn't come to her. <laughs> her New Year's party. But is, is is that kind of what you're saying is that you people end up thinking through, ooh, what, what will happen if I say no? There's all these kind of negative things that could happen. The way pe- people will feel guilty or people will be angry at me and they'll do things or so they go through this little list of things that'll happen and then that produces a lot of uncomfortable emotion in me when I imagine other people being upset or... Yeah, yeah. That's and then one way to look at it, yeah. Saying yes is basically a way to say, okay, well, they'll feel better. I don't have to feel guilty about this. Even though I'm stressed, at least I won't feel guilty and they won't be angry. And Yeah, and before you say yes, at least this has been my experience, before I would tell Aunt Susie yes there, in my head I'd be doing these calculations about, oh, man, that party's on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I've already got this on Friday at 5 and... Well, I guess I could duck out of that early and run over here to Aunt Susie's and then, and, and, and there's where, like, I've gotten better at going, nope, I'm just not willing to cram things together and run across town. You know, that is stressful. So I guess to keep kind of pushing back on this, I, it, I think most people probably do some version of that kind of pros cons list. They think to themselves like, okay, you know, Aunt Susie's going to be disappointed, maybe even kind of angry. I'm going to feel guilty. So maybe I should say yes. But then on the other hand, it's going to be a lot of work. I got to run in between. I got to get there in between this and that. I'm going to be rushing around. So maybe not. So it seems like for a lot of people, what if it's just that, you know, the, the pain of disappointing or being afraid of disappointing someone else, that's just too much. Maybe it's just not worth it to them. Truly not worth it. I don't know, or that they they do that calculation in their head, and for some reason they end up with a different different answer than you. Like, how does that you know? Like, how does that happen? How come you you were arriving at that same answer that most people do, which is that well, you know, this is going to be more stress on me, but it's probably not worth th- them feeling badly and me feeling guilty, and so I'll just do it anyway. What? Sh- how come you started doing the problem differently? I think because I <laughs> started valuing my own internal experience more than I valued at other person's uh, internal experience. Mm. Isn't, and, that, isn't that selfish, Todd? Aren't you just being selfish? No, I think I think it's more just I'm not responsible for how Aunt Susie feels. Really? Yeah, and so <laughs> if Aunt Susie's mad at me, then that's something Aunt Susie needs to deal with and, and not me. Mm. 
but you're going to end up dealing with it because she's going to, you know, she's going to bring it up here and there and she's going to mention it and she's going to, she's going to tell your mom, you know, that you didn't come. And, uh, so you're still going to have to deal with it, right? No, 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 no. You're not going to get that call from your, this is like a Seinfeld episode. Like you're going to get a call from your mom saying, I was just talking to aunt Susie and you know, she's really disappointed. And yeah, no, I, I think I'm more than okay with owning my decision and saying, mm. yeah, it's too bad. She's upset. I don't, you wouldn't feel any regret, any remorse. No, I don't zero. Like Wait, but what changed? How come? I, I thought initially maybe you, you were making the decision to to do it. Yeah, and I think what happened is my experience of the holidays was awful. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd get through January second. You know, I'd kind of wake up and go, "Oh, I'm so glad that's over." You know, and and I hated feeling that way. I would much rather be more selective in what I participated in, what I did or whatever, and, and feel happy on the second rather than just relieved, you know? Yeah. I think it was, it was having a few really rough holidays that I was like, I'm, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Okay. So how it really practically then, let's say someone's basically on, on the fence there. They, they, they're like nodding their head as we're talking about this and they're, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. I, I really want to say no. But like right when I get to it, I'm so close, but I just, I always end up caving and saying yes anyway. And then I feel miserable on January 2nd. Like how can I, how can I change, start to do things differently? How can I get over that hump? Well, I mean, there's no question that you're going to have to probably force yourself to say no and then sit with that feeling that you have afterwards and learn to tolerate that feeling better. Because even, even when I decided to start saying no, um, I still felt bad initially. You mm-hmm. know, at, at first you're like, "Oh, I just said no," and it's mm-hmm. kind of I can see it in her face. She's looking at me like, "What's wrong with me?" And mm-hmm. um, you're gonna have to experience that mm. and build a tolerance for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that uh, that phrase of "you're gonna have to build a tolerance for it" because it implies it's gonna be painful. It's yeah, gonna it's be gonna, uncomfortable. Yeah, just deciding doesn't necessarily take all the the aversive or unpleasantness out of saying no, um, but over the years, I've definitely gotten better at saying no and and not feeling quite mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah, and and not to put words in your head, but the idea is that it's that's not because you're a callous asshole, <laughs> but you realize that it's not what my aunt Susie would say. <laughs> do you really have an aunt Susie? <laughs> no, that would be awkward. I do have family members that would probably <laughs> say I am. Um, but you've made that distinction in your mind that like just because this feels bad to Aunt Susie and maybe it feels kind of uncomfortable to me, that doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. Just because, we talked about this before, but just because something feels bad doesn't mean it is bad or it is the wrong thing. Right, right. Well, and I, I just, I think it's a good idea not to take responsibility for other how other people feel all the time. You know, if Aunt Susie's really that upset um, that I've said no, then there's something going on with Aunt Susie mm. That isn't my responsibility, and I, you know she's going to have to work that out. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little mindset shift you can do is to remind yourself, like, uh, you know, how she ends up feeling at the end of the day is is not completely my responsibility. Like, there's a lot that's on her for that. Sure, and I I would be tactful and and respectful and uh, gracious in declining her offer, but um, how she chooses to respond to that is up to her. It's not up to me. So, um, yeah, I think building the skill of allowing other people to have their own emotional experience mm-hmm. to whatever is a good idea. Yeah. 
I might, one little thing I might add there is um, try to like look for ways and maybe that this happens throughout the year kind of in anticipation of the holidays. But if you anticipate having to say no to some really big things like Christmas Eve dinner with the whole family or something, that's a, that's a big one. And if you're not like prepared for that, that's going to be hard to expect yourself, I think, to say no in a big situation like that. So can you look for um, situations that are smaller in, you know, throughout the year, maybe even early on in the, in the holiday season to kind of like build up practice that kind of muscle of saying no. So, so to look for like smaller opportunities to kind of warm up. Yeah, no, I think that's probably a good idea. Starting off with Christmas Eve tradition and saying no. <laughs> that's a big one, that's you big know. One. Like, well, actually, maybe getting through that might be quite the feather in your cap too. So yeah, could, you know, it could be. If you do that, everything else seems easy. And maybe some people are capable of doing right. that. But I think for a lot of people, it would probably help to to warm up practicing saying no in smaller ways and kind of build some confidence that like, yeah, I can say no and it's, it's pretty uncomfortable, but like no one dies. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, it's okay. You know, my family lives in a town about three hours from here and there have been like a Thanksgiving holiday where, you know, to, to drive up there and stay a couple of days and then come back over a quick holiday like Thanksgiving where it's just Thursday, Friday really. Right. Just wasn't worth it to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and being, and having been able to say, yeah, I'm just not going to make it up, you know, and, and I'm going to do something with my immediate family here, um, instead of joining my, my extended family. That was, that was tough at first, but, um, and I think it was probably harder for my extended family at first too, but now that that president precedent has been set, it's easier for me to decline or accept an offer from mm. them for the holidays. I was going to ask. So you you haven't been ostracized by your family, and no, <laughs> no, no, as a result of learning to say no a little bit more. Well, and it's made me more compassionate to other people when they say no. You know, I have uh, I have brothers, hmm. and, and sometimes they're not able to come. And and maybe in the past I would have been like that would have ruffled my feathers, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, yeah, I get it. You got your own life to live, yeah. and you got your own. That's a great point. You know, stressors, and I don't know hmm. what those are necessarily. So it's just made me more sensitive or compassionate and empathetic to other people and the boundaries they set. Yeah. I like it. All right. Saying no practice saying no. It's a good start. What else do you have? So I had one that, um, I think that's, uh, you know, I often make the distinction, um, hopefully for myself, but with my clients too, that there, there's an important distinction between stressors and stress. So this is something most of us don't think about very much, but, a stressor is something that literally causes stress or is a trigger for stress. So if you're if you're extremely introverted and you, you know, go to a cocktail party, the cocktail party is a stressor. It's something that could trigger a lot of a stress response, which is the way you feel physically and emotionally in you. So, uh, you know, it, it seems a little bit obvious, but the point we just talked about, that is a strategy of if you minimize or if you reduce the number of stressors, in your life, you are going to feel less stress. So I think that's important to, to recognize that one good way to reduce the amount of stress you feel is to reduce the number of stressors you're exposed to. I think that's often overlooked. We, we like to think, well, if I just think about things differently, I'll, I won't be as stressed. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, your environment matters. The, just the sheer number and quality of stressors in your life is going to make a difference. And if you can't pare that down a little bit, 
like you could be the Dalai Lama and you're still going to feel a good amount of stress. Um, but that being said, sometimes, you know, I think the holidays, even if you're very assertive and you're practiced saying no, there's still some stress, right? So what are some ways I was trying to think, cause I also had saying no on my list. Um, but what are some ways that you can handle the actual experience of stress in the face of some stressor, stressors that are pretty immovable? Um, so one thing I had is to kind of flip the problem and say, okay, maybe I can't reduce the number of stressors anymore. Maybe I've done it a little bit already. And maybe I can't even change very much how much stress I feel in response to those. But one thing you can do that I think people often skip over is you can be very deliberate and intentional about adding stress relieving activities into your schedule over the holidays. And I think this is something that just, you know, it, it's kind of automatic. We Things get really stressful. And not only do we not intentionally add relaxing activities, we give up habits and routines and activities that are relaxing and that we do enjoy and that provide kind of a countermeasure to stress. So I think it's it's counterintuitive, but one thing I would really recommend is going into the holidays really sit down with your schedule and think, okay, if I've got, you know, 15 stressful things I have to do over the course of the holidays, you know, this party and this meeting and this thing to plan and prepare for, come up with another list of things you're going to do intentionally and deliberately to kind of counterbalance that. So I've got all this stressful stuff, but you know what? Once a week, I'm going to make a point to go to the movies by myself, <laughs> not have to manage anyone else. Right. I just want to go to a good movie and just hang out for a couple hours. Do what I want to do. Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to, you know, I'm going to make sure I get at least, you know, three rounds of golf in, you know, or I'm going to really protect my meditation, yoga, exercise time. Cause I know I tend to kind of skimp on that stuff when things get stressful, but I'm going to treat those like a job, like appointments. And I'm going to make sure I schedule those in. So there's end of rant. <laughs> I, I love it. That was one of mine is, is uh, self-care, making a priority or, or, or protect it, what you have. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, lots of people, you know, stop, you know, there's so much to do. I can't get to the gym. There's so much to do. I can't get to the, and those are the things you need to be doing in order to, to handle the more stressful things in your life. So I, I think that's, that's a great, that, that was on my list. Self-care. It has to, it should be a part of your life. Yeah, and that it, especially when things are stressful, it's even more important to be really deliberate and intentional about those things. Because if you if you just leave them up to chance or sort of routine, they'll tend to kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah. So it's isn't it's it, isn't it sad to see your clients um, ditch those first? It's it's the weirdest thing. It's like, wait, you just threw your parachute off the plane. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> it well, it is. It's sad, but it's also totally relatable and understandable. Like, I think it's a pretty universal facet of human nature. Is this weird quirk we have where, when things get stressful, we think we don't have time for the things that counteract stress. Yeah. I have I have a client who runs a lot, and he loves it. I mean, it, it is it brings him so much joy, and he talks about it a lot. And I mean. And, and when he does talk about it, like I get that good feeling, like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, this is something really cool to him, you know? And um, for whatever reason, though, when stress hits, it's he'll come in and he'll be like, I haven't run for three days. <laughs> I'm like, why? You love that. Like, that is yeah. the, the best. And he's like, well, I just feel like I can't, I don't have time. And I'm like, really? 
really you you don't have that time that you usually would you know and and um usually the discussion ends with no i just feel like i can't right. like it's just a thought that i have right. i don't have time for that um but yeah it, it almost breaks my heart when he says like oh i haven't run for four days and it's like oh that's like the thing that you love the most in life and you pitch that overboard first you know like one okay. of the seemingly silly little things I, I do with clients sometimes and actually with myself, if I'm honest, um, I will in anticipation of a, it doesn't have to be the holidays, but any kind of stressful period, I will literally get them to bring in their calendar, like whatever they use to schedule doctor's appointments, meetings at work, you know, just their, their regular calendar. And we will, we'll do two things. We'll generate a list of what are all the things that are genuinely relaxing or restorative or enjoyable to you that really I call them tank filling activities they really fill your tank up they make you feel you know they they're restorative um and so we we just literally generate that list because I think a lot of people they sort of have those but they don't spend a ton of time really thinking specifically necessarily about what all of those are so we do that we create a list of all the things that are really enjoyable and relaxing that's part one. And then part two is we open up their calendar and we literally plug them in as if they're appointments. Like what you've got this tough two week stretch, right? We're, we're going to plug these in to your schedule, your calendar as though they are, I, I tell them those should be just as important as you coming to see me for right, therapy. Right. You know, like I, I want you to go running just, that may be more important than you coming in for therapy, honestly. Yeah. Um, and to literally put it in. And I think what that part of what that does is it helps dispel that, that kind of fuzzy belief that like, well, I just don't have time and I just don't, you know, but when you literally pull out the calendar and think, actually, you know, I could get, I could get this in there. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a weird look, but that's something anyone can do Yeah, is come up with that list and then plug those things in as appointments. Yeah. I actually did go this past holiday Thanksgiving. I went home uh, to this town about three hours away and my buddies who live there still got me a, a pass, a visitor's pass at a gym because they, they work out all the time and they knew I was, you know, working out too. And um, so the first day I saw them, they're like, hey, got you this pass. Um, and then every day they'd be like, we're going to go about 9, 930. Do you want to? And so I'd meet them every day over that Thanksgiving holiday. And it was awesome. Cool. It was like the coolest thing that I probably wouldn't have done had they not thought ahead and got me that pass. But now that they... Now that I've done that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that every time because it was so good to like just get a workout done and out of the way and you felt great the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Yeah, it was really good. That makes me think of two things. The, the first is going back to your first point about saying no. I think it's important for people to realize like just because you can saying no doesn't mean you are setting a permanent consistent precedent for the rest of your life. Like you are never going to Aunt Susie's again. Right. Right. right? You can be flexible with it. Right. I, th I think that that sounds obvious, but I think that's important mm -hmm. to consider. Um, but then the, the second one is um, we've talked about coming up with what, you know, whatever it is that's enjoyable and stress relieving for you. But I think exercise, some form of exercise or even just physical activity is so important. I mean, just like basically universal to everybody. Like that will help you feel less stressed if yeah. you exercise during the holidays. See, I thought you were going to go a different way too. Oh, did you? We talked about saying no. It, it, and I'll, it also might be a good idea to say yes to some of those fun things that do come up that you're like, hey, that would be fun. I would really yeah. enjoy doing that. Go ahead and reorganize a little bit or be flexible and say yes to some stuff because... 
sometimes those things are like a blast. Yeah. And really set a good tone for, for things. So, you know, say no at the right times and say yes at the right times. That yeah. is a great way of wrapping things up, I think. That just encapsulates all of it. I do that a lot, you know? I just you're, cap things off in the you're, you're perfect great, way. You're great, Todd. You're great. Kind of awesome. It's super humble. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.